passage we're going to teach on tonight that we're going to look into is Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. And, uh, and, and if, if the message, the title of the message is Real Rest, and it actually comes from the passage here. Um, but verse 28, Jesus says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Can we pray? God, I just pray for these next couple moments that you would illuminate this truth to us in a way that is so undeniably clear what you're saying here. Sometimes it's, it's hard for us to know exactly like, what, 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 are you, what are you saying? What are, what are we supposed to make of this? God, would you give us such clarity of your words here in Matthew 11? And then would you give us the discipline to walk it out? Speak to us, speak through me tonight. God, in our next couple moments, that your, as your word is illuminated, would you just do what only you can do and draw us closer to you? In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. My goal for tonight is so easy. It's, it's so clear. It's number one, it's to motivate us to know what Jesus is saying in this passage, often quoted, often misunderstood passage of scripture. So number one, what is Jesus saying in this passage? And number two, hopefully to get us to do it to live in accordance with this. And it really is. It's meant to be an encouragement for us tonight. As I know a lot of you guys, you're, uh, you're going into spring break. A lot of you are going into spring break. Craig and Shannon are out this week because they're on spring break. I know it's spring break week for a lot of folks. And, uh, and I really, I, I hope the message is encouraging to us. A lot like, I don't know if you guys have heard this story, the lady who volunteered at her church. I don't know if you guys have heard this story. There was uh, a lady who uh, was volunteering at her church. The pastor explained to the whole church, it was a small church, and said, hey, for the next week, we're going to all volunteer at the local soup kitchen. And uh, we're going to pass a, a sheet of paper around. And the person who signs up for the most hours, this, he was trying to encourage them to sign up for the soup kitchen. So he said, the, the, the person who signs up for the most volunteer hours will get to pick three hymns in the next service. And so they pass this sheet of paper around and people are signing up to serve. And, and the pastor gets the list back and he's like overwhelmed. He sees, oh my goodness, somebody has volunteered over 60 hours to serve at the soup kitchen. And he's trying to motivate them and he's encouraged himself reading this. And he goes, I I've got to see who this person is. We want to have this person stand. We want to honor this person who's going to volunteer so much time uh, next week at the soup kitchen. And this, this shy and quiet elderly lady in the back of the auditorium stands up and he says, everybody give her a hand. And he says, come down front, ma'am, come down front. I, I, I encourage the congregation. I said, if, you know, whoever is going to volunteer the most hours gets to pick three hymns. And, and she came down front and when he told her she got to pick three hymns, her eyes got real big and wide and she had this big smile on her face. And he said, ma'am, here, you, you get to pick three hymns. And she looked, put her, put her glasses on and she scanned the crowd and she pointed at the three most handsome fellows in the congregation. She said, I'll take him, him, and him. Whatever, whatever encouragement or motivation you need tonight, I hope that this passage of scripture is an encouragement to us because here's what I know. What's true of you is what's true of me, that we hear this passage of scripture and Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, but that's not what life is telling us. Your life and my life right now, they're saying, hey, there's nothing easy about this. Your job oftentimes is not telling you this is light, this is easy. Your job oftentimes is saying you're going to have trouble. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Your family oftentimes 
What they are communicating to you is that it feels like the weight of the world is on your shoulders. And what Jesus is saying and what our expectations are, are two completely opposing things. And they're in stark contrast with one another. And so there's not much about where we've been or where we presently are at that is synonymous with easy and light. And so we hear this. And in fact, I would even say that if we were to sum up If we took a poll tonight, how's everyone feeling in this season? How's everyone doing, especially these past couple of months and these past couple of years? The number one word we'd probably get back would be the word tired. Not like I'm sleepy tired, I lost an hour of sleep last night, why do we still do daylight savings time? Not that, like I'm depleted, I'm weary, I'm worn out, I'm restless. I'm tired. And if that was 1A for a lot of us, 1B right behind it, I mean, coming in right behind it would be busy. And busy has become like a badge of honor for us. It's the small talk conversation answer. It's when we're at the water cooler and we catch each other grabbing coffee right before church. Hey, how you been? Just busy, busy. I got this and this and this. How about you? Oh, I'm busy too. You're that busy? I'm this busy. I'm even more busy than that. And it's become this badge of honor for us. Again, Craig and Shannon and Kansas, we all grew up in Alabama. It's like the soundtrack to our life has become that old Alabama country song. Yes, another group. I'm in a hurry to get things done. You know that song? I rush and rush until life's no fun. This is is a soundtrack of our life. Like we're in a hurry. We're constantly, we're we're going. A couple of years ago, our our campus pastors at Hope Fellowship, we, we read a book. Uh, called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Anybody heard of this book? Anybody read this book by John Mark Homer? We read this a couple of years ago, uh, like post-pandemic. And it's just a book that hits different. And, uh, and in this book, actually, it's so much so, it's a book I try to read every year. And then our, my home, our home group that we're in right now, we're, we're currently going through it. There's a five-week study on Right Now Media based on the book. And we're actually going through the study right now as a small group. But in this book, John Mark Comer, he's this former pastor, and now he's an author and doing all this stuff. But he, he, he gives 10 signs that you're suffering from a term he, he coins, hurry sickness. And these are the 10 signs. Tell me if any of these sound like you. Number one, irritability. No elbow in anybody. All right, this is for you tonight. Irritability. Number two, hypersensitivity. Or another word for that would be you're easily offended. Irritability. Hypersensitivity, restlessness, number three. What about number four, workaholism or just nonstop activity? You can't sit still. You gotta constantly be doing, doing, producing, doing something. Number five, emotional numbness. That's me. I mean, all these are me, but that's me. Number six, out of order priorities. Lack of care for your body, number seven. Number eight, escapist behaviors. Number nine, slippage in spiritual practices. We could even say uh, some of our spiritual practices have completely slipped altogether. And then number, number 10, isolation. Do, do any of these describe you? How I many of you are like, all of these describe me? Like, this is, this is me. If you still aren't sure about these 10, I added a couple more. And maybe these 10, you're still like, I don't know, maybe, possibly, what else you got? I got a couple more. Number one, do you mobile order your food while sitting in the drive-thru line to see which one's gonna get your food to you faster? 
don't raise your hand, but can I just say, you're a sick individual if that's you, okay? You need help, all right? All right, uh, somebody's trying to validate. I hear it back there. Maybe, so some of you are like, dang, emotional numbness, that wasn't me, but the mobile order, he got me. No, no, maybe this one. Do you count cars? This is every one of us. Do you count cars at an upcoming red light and change lanes to the one with the least amount of cars? We're at altar time right now. We're gonna pray right here for all of you, for all of us, because I did that on my way here today. <laughs> Lastly, do you leave church five minutes early to beat the rush to the parking lot? As a pastor, can I just say, we know who you are and, and it easily offends us. We're hypersensitive to that. So uh, don't do it. You know who you are and, and who you are is all of us because we all suffer from hurry sickness. That's the point. And why does this matter to us? It matters because of this. It matters because how we spend our time is how we spend our lives. How you are spending your time right now is how you're spending your life. It's who you're either becoming or not becoming. And what ends up happening is we find ourselves in an endless cycle of too busy and too tired. And then what's happening in the Christian world and the church world for us is that Christians are assimilating to a culture of busyness hurry, and tired. And what does that do? Well, that leads us to God becoming more and more marginalized in our lives. And when God becomes more and more marginalized in our lives, that leads us to a deteriorating relationship with God. And when we have a deteriorating, a deteriorating relationship with God, that leads Christians like us to becoming more and more vulnerable to adopting secular assumptions about how we're supposed to live. And when we start to adopt secular assumptions about how we're supposed to live, that leads us to more conformity to a culture of hurriness and busy and tired. And we're in this endless cycle of busy and tired and too much. And, and why this matters is because we start to adopt a lifestyle that says, I can be a success in my field and yet a failure at following Jesus. That I can be really good at what I do, but really bad at who I'm supposed to be. And as, as a Christ, as Christians, this is where we gotta go, where's the line here? And what, is, what does God say? Because this is not the lifestyle that God has intended for us. Jesus teaches in Matthew 16, verses 26. We'll get off, the, we'll get off the, the Matthew 11 piece and come back to it. What do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is there anything worth more than your soul? What Jesus is doing in the gospel of Matthew, specifically in this passage 11 that we're reading it, he's trying to get a new message across. One that's different from the Old Testament law of striving. One that's different from all the rules and the regulations of the Pharisees. See, the law was burdensome enough for people. And what the Pharisees did, they decided to come in, they manufactured hundreds and hundreds of additional burdens and additional rules related to keeping the law on the people. And it's wearing them down. And Jesus is trying to communicate. He's trying to, he's trying to cut through all of that noise of the law in Matthew chapter 11 and start to communicate this new idea that, that God has for us, this new life that God has for us that's met with grace and it's met with peace and it's met with rest to a group of people that we're finding in Matthew chapter 11 that have only ever known a life of burden and toil and captivity and sorrow and pain. So you, you can imagine in Matthew chapter 11 that as Jesus is teaching this message, it's oftentimes met with contention, Pharisees, or confusion, the Israelites. 
because it was a difficult message to comprehend. Because the people in Matthew chapter 11, you know what they know? They know what we know. A life is hard. It is difficult to keep all the rules all the time. And that sorrow and sadness await every single one of us. They're no stranger to us. And that we all carry burdens and our burdens are heavy and they're too much for us sometimes. And that we all suffer from hurry sickness. We're all too busy and we're all too tired. And what do we do? We conjure up a cure that says, okay, well, I know what I need to do. If I could just have a little more time or if I could just do a little bit more, if I could just do a little bit more, or have a little bit more of this. And so what do we do? We just keep going and we keep doing and we keep running until eventually you and I, we run out. Until eventually you and I, we wear down and eventually we give in. And sometimes even give up. So we find this passage in Matthew chapter 11. Jesus promises rest for the weary, hope for those that are carrying heavy burdens. And to us, just like the Israelites, it sounds, it sounds too good to be true. But we know that with Jesus, all things are possible. And that if he said it, what do we sing? That we can take him at his word. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. This is an invitation to all of us, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens. Who is that? That's all of us. What Jesus is offering in response to your burdens is rest. There it is. Y'all, voice of the Lord, confirmation tonight, all right? He's giving, he's, he's saying, whatever you're carrying, whatever burdens you have, she's still going. Shh, there it is. Let's just, we're gonna rest in this for a second. It's too much burden on, on, the, on the iPad. But this is synonymous with salvation. The good doctor, Dr. Tony Evans, here's how he sums up verse 28. He says, to rest is to put your burdens in God's hands and enjoy his provision of forgiveness and eternal life. Can I just read that one more time? Because Tony Evans is so brilliant, you gotta read it twice. To rest is to put your burdens in God's hands and enjoy his provision of forgiveness and eternal life. Jesus doesn't say, well, you need to tell me what you're uh, weary from. He doesn't say, hey, you need to tell me what your heavy burden is before you want me to do anything with it. No, he just says, hey, whatever you're carrying, I have rest for that. Whatever's weighing you down, I have rest for that. Are you tired? Are you hurting? I have rest for you. Are you struggling with sin? Are you feeling stressed? I have rest for you. And the imagery here in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28, is, is, is synonymous with this, this famous character in the book, The Pilgrim's Progress. This, the main character, the protagonist in this story, Christian. If you've ever read the book, The Pilgrim's Progress, John Bunyan, great, great fable story. In this infamous story, Christian, the main character, he's weighed down by this heavy burden that he cannot find freedom or relief from. So what does he do? He sets out on this quest. He, he sets out on this journey to find the celestial city. 
Because Christians have been told that at the celestial city, what's waiting for him there is salvation. Salvation from his heavy burdens and all the toil and striving that he's carrying. As a Christian encounters all sorts of characters and distractions when he's on his journey to the celestial city, but the road eventually leads him to a cross. If you've never read the story, here's a passage from it. It says, now I saw in my dream that the highway which Kristen was to go was fenced in on either side with a wall and that wall was called salvation. Up this way, therefore, did burdened Christian run, but not without great difficulty because of the load on his back. He ran thus till he came to a place somewhat ascending and upon that place stood a cross and a little below in the bottom, a sepulcher or a tomb. So I saw in my dream that just as Christian came up to the cross, his burden loosed from off his shoulders and fell from off his back and began to tumble and so continued to do until it came to the mouth of the sepulchre where it fell in and I saw it no more. Then was Christian glad and lightsome and said with a merry heart, he had given me rest by his sorrows and life by his death. And then he stood a while to look and to wonder. For it was very surprising to him that the sight of the cross should thus ease him of his heavy burden. He looked therefore and looked again, even till the springs that there were in his eyes sent water down his cheeks. Jesus' message to us in response to our burdens is simply this. There is rest for us at the foot of the cross. But he doesn't stop there with us. He doesn't stop in verse 28. He says then in verse 29, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and I'm gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. In verse 28, if that's in regards to salvation, verse 29 is in regards to discipleship. Verse 28 is simply come to me, show up. You don't have to do anything, just just show up, just come to me. And verse 29 is now learn from me. Learn from me. Let me teach you. Uh, Allow me to equip you for life. Uh, Allow me to teach you how to deal with being too tired and how to deal with being too busy. How? How how is he going to teach us? He says, take my yoke upon you. Well, what's a yoke? A yoke is a wooden bar harnessed to the necks of a pair of oxen to bring them together, and it enables them to do the work that's in front of them. It was how this pair of oxen shouldered a load together. But this is odd for us. And it's odd because Jesus, this is the exact opposite of what Jesus just said. In verse 28, he says he's promising rest for us. But now in verse 29, it sounds like he's giving us work to do. You're like, no, a yoke is not made for resting. A yoke is made for working. And we're like, no, if I was writing this passage, Jesus, it would look a little different. Because if you and I put pen to paper on Matthew 11, 28, and 29, it would say this. It would say, come to me, all who want a vacation on an adult-only cruise to the Bahamas. Can I get an amen? And he says, what is Jesus going to do? And I will give it to you, all-inclusive. Come on now, it's spring break, somebody. <laughs> Somebody's like, I receive that, Lord, I, right now, today. Like, if we were writing it, this is what it would look like. This is, but this is not what Jesus is saying in Matthew 11, 28 and 29. Because what it, Jesus knows what we don't know. Jesus knows something that we don't know. What does Jesus know that we don't know? The reality that 
Following Jesus doesn't make every problem in our life disappear. He doesn't say uh, that we will no longer have any issues. We will no longer have any burdens. We will no longer be overwhelmed or have tired seasons if we take his yoke upon us. He knows that our lives are a cycle of seasons that carry great weight. And so instead of giving us an escape, just temporary like freedom from our whatever we're going through, an escape card, like you no longer have to feel this for 48 hours or for one week or, you know, like he, it, he doesn't give us that. What does he give us? Well, he gives us a new way to carry this weight. He doesn't give us a way out. He gives us a way through. What's the way through? It's his yoke. We're no longer left to carry all the burdens of our life. We're no longer meant to carry all the weight of the world, all the pain of our past, all the guilt of our sin alone. We've taken on his yoke. We've taken on his strength. We've taken on his presence, his wisdom, his guidance, his joy, his freedom. And because we've taken on his yoke, we have rest. We find rest. Tony Evans, again, he's a genius. So you got to quote him twice. When you come to Jesus, he gives you rest in terms of your salvation, verse 28. When you accept the yoke of discipleship, you find rest and experience it in your daily life, verse 29. Why? Why is this true? Because verse 30 says, my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. This is not what life says. This is not what your circumstance says. And because of that, if we're gonna struggle anywhere in this message, it's gonna be right here. Because we hear easy and light, but we experience difficult and heavy. And Jesus is speaking these words to us in Matthew chapter 11, but it goes against everything that we have experienced. And for so many of us, everything that we have endured. But Jesus is wanting to teach us, but we've already learned so much from our trouble. We've already learned so much just from the hardships of life. And he's teaching us in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 29 and 30, that his yoke is not a harness. His yoke is a set of teachings for how to deal with all of the weights of life. The weight of marriage and the weight of divorce. The weight of money and the weight of relationships. The weight of conflict, the weight of resolution. The weight of government and the weight of culture. All the heavy stuff. All the stuff that we're like, I don't know if I'm carrying this the right way. I don't know if I'm going the right way. These things that are bringing us to points of too busy and too tired. Jesus is saying, hey, you can't carry all that by yourself but I can, I can carry that. I, I, I can carry that for you with ease. Here, come and, come and sit by me. Allow me to do the heavy lifting. Here, here, take my yoke upon you and travel through life right here at my side, learning from me, learning how to shoulder all of the weight of this life with ease, with rest. 
the reality for us is this, is that if we wanna experience the life of Jesus, we have to experience the lifestyle of Jesus. What Jesus is teaching us in Matthew chapter 11, it's not a cheat code, it's not a life hack, it's a lifestyle. It is a way of living to the busyness, the tiredness, and the burden, and the pressure, and the weight of life, that if we wanna experience the life of Jesus, we have to experience the lifestyle of Jesus. And many of us, we want the life that Jesus is offering, but we're not willing to adopt the lifestyle that comes with it. Not just the theology, not just the ethics, the lifestyle. Your life is a result of your lifestyle. Your life as presently constructed is a result of whatever lifestyle you're living. So let me ask a question. What are the results of your lifestyle right now? Is it too busy? Is it too tired? Does it feel burdened and weighed down? Are you suffering from hurry sickness? Are there any signs of rest in this season for you? Any signs of peace? Any signs of strength? But what if we caught a vision of the kind of life that is possible in and only through Jesus, a kind of life that in the face of weariness and in the face of heavy burdens and in the face of tired and in the face of worn down and depleted, there was rest, there was peace, there was hope, there was easy and light. You may have heard this story before, but there was uh, a guy by the name of Horatio Spofford, and Horatio Spofford was a successful attorney and a real estate investor and kind of number one uh, in the great Chicago fire of 1871, he lost a huge fortune of his wealth. And about that same time, he also lost his son uh, to scarlet fever. And so in light of those situations, uh, he decided he, uh, with his wife and his four daughters, they were gonna go on a vacation away for a little bit. So he sent his wife and his four daughters on a boat across the Atlantic to England. He said, hey, I'm gonna finish up some business here in the States and then I'm gonna meet you in England. Except that never happened for Horatio Spofford. He's on the way with his wife and his four daughters on their way across the Atlantic to England. Their ship was in a uh, collision and sank to the bottom of the ocean. Including uh, 200 passengers died on that boat, including all four of Horatio Spofford's daughters. And just like that, four daughters, one son, and everything he had built his life towards, gone. His wife sends word back to him at home and he immediately sets sail for England. And the captain of his ship, knowing what had happened and knowing part of Spofford's story as they were getting ready to pass by the area where their boat had sunk to the bottom of the ocean, he calls for Spofford and tells them we're passing over this area. And it's in this moment, Spofford's on the boat and he looks out into all the pain, into all of just everything that he's looking at out into sea. And he has his journal and he writes down some words in his journal. And what he writes down in his journal would number one, bring comfort to his weary and burdened and heavy soul in that moment, but it also bring hope to the church for years and years and years to follow. His words would offer hope and comfort. 
Because in light of all that our lives and all that our circumstances try to get us to believe, there is a truth that is found in Jesus that is greater than whatever situation or circumstance we presently find ourselves in. What is Spofford right? Well, what could someone pin who has been met with such incredible pain and agony and weight and trouble in that moment, realizing that all five of his children were now gone? Only someone who knows that his yoke is easy and that his burden is light could write that when peace like a river attendeth my way and when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well, it is well, it is well. It is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. Restoration Church, Jesus' invitation for us is so simple tonight. His invitation is this, to the burdened, to the burned out, to, to the tired, to the too busy, to the hurting, to the grieving, to those that are stuck in traffic and behind on their to-do list, to those who are just reaching for one more cup of coffee just to make it through one more day. He said, is there anybody like that? I mean, is there anybody not like that in this season? What was Jesus offering us? Come to me. Come to me. Learn from me and find rest. Come to me. Learn from me and find rest. Take his yoke. Adopt his lifestyle. Follow his way. There's, there's, there's no like escape button that we can press. There's no magic button that, okay, I, I can escape this problem. I can escape this weight of life. I can escape this heavy season. I can escape this thing. It, it, the best the world can offer us is just a momentary distraction. Uh, the best the world can offer you is just like, hey, don't focus on this for a little bit. I can take you out of this season. I can take you out of this moment for a couple of hours, a couple of days, a couple of weeks, maybe. That's the best the world can do. Jesus says, I have something so much greater for you. That's why he doesn't offer us a way out. He offers us a way through. So how, how do we make Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30, how does it make sense to us? Verse 28, be with Jesus. Just come to me, be with me. Verse 29, become like Jesus. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, sit with me. Because the more that we are with Jesus and the more that we become like Jesus, then third, verse 30, we'll do what Jesus would do if he were us. Be with Jesus. And the more that we are with Jesus, we're gonna become like Jesus. And the more that we start to become like Jesus, we're gonna do what he would do if he were us. And we're gonna be able to walk through this life and everything that this world wants to throw at us and yet find rest our soul. This passage, Matthew chapter 11, we've been reading it in the NLT version, but I want to read it to you one other way in the message version as we wrap up. This is just where this idea, real, what, is, what is real rest? We get it from this passage. The message version says, are you tired? Restoration Church, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace.
grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Doesn't that sound so much better than what the world has to offer for us? There's no cheat code to this. There's no life hack to this. How, how, do, you, how do you get here? How do we get here? We spend time with Jesus. Because the more that we spend with Jesus, the more we become like Jesus. Come to me. Learn from me. Find rest. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? There's just two people I want to talk to tonight. The first one is this. If you're here tonight and you'd say, I'm ready to surrender my life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ tonight. Whatever it is that got you here, maybe somebody invited you, maybe a neighbor brought you an invite card, maybe you ran into a friend at Starbucks and they're like, hey, we're going to church, come with us, we're gonna go to dinner afterwards. Maybe they promised you that you were gonna hear from their pastor tonight and you got here and you're so disappointed. You're like, now you have a reason to have to come back next week. We got you here twice now. Whatever it is that got you here, you're here. And the Holy Spirit is speaking and he's saying, come to me, come to me. If you're weary and carrying heavy burdens, I will give you rest. If you've never received his salvation that comes in and only through the cross and his resurrection, I'm gonna say a prayer. I'm asking everybody to repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are the son of God. I know I'm a sinner. I know you're a savior. So I give you my life. I'm coming to you, weary and heavy burdened. I'm following you and finding rest in you. From this day forward, I'm fully committed to following you. I'm fully devoted to your will, your way. Thank you for being a loving savior. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for meeting me right here. Now I wanna talk to a second person before we finish up. And maybe you're here and you're already a Christ follower, but you're feeling too busy and you're feeling too tired in this season for whatever reason whatever the circumstances of life are, whatever it is, but you're saying, I'm ready to find real rest, not escape. You're walking into spring break. You're like, we got a trip planner. We got this, but I need rest. Like not just an escape, not just a vacation. I need rest that comes in and only from Jesus. I need to come to him. I need to learn from him. I need to sit at his feet, take his yoke upon me and start to adopt his lifestyle. If you're a Christ all here and you're feeling just a little busy and a little tired, I just wanna pray over you. God, I pray for every person here tonight that walked in saying, that's me. Hurry, sickness, that's me. Overwhelmed, that's me. Stressed out, that's me. Too busy, too tired, that's me. God, would you make these three verses in Matthew chapter 11 come to life for us tonight? Revelation that comes in and only from your Holy Spirit. Will we adopt a lifestyle that says we're gonna spend time with you so that we can become more like you, so that we can find rest in you? Would you motivate us towards that tonight? 
as we leave this place, God, would we, would we find rest for our weary souls that comes only from you? In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Church, can we celebrate?